What up, party people? Welcome to episode 12 of the Nick and the Hick. I am Eric, also known as the Nick. And as always, I am joined by... What's up, guys? Michael Brevard Decker here, a.k.a. Captain, Captain BD. Gunta Glieben Glauten Globen. <laughs> a little Def Leppard uh, to start yeah, to show off. A little Def Lep. Only got one arm. The drummer. <laughs> um... Yeah, what's up? So, episode 12, we're going to talk about the, oh, I'm the, the final... My bad. Oh, yeah, you're the hick. The final uh, piece of our Quentin Tarantino retrospective, his uh, last movie or his most recent movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, we've, had overall, some ups, we've had some highs and some lows, haven't we? <laughs> we have, we have. Overall, <laughs> what is your feeling about this? Um, it's, I think it's mid-grade as yeah. far as the Tarantino movies go. Yeah. Um, um there's yeah. definitely I would definitely watch this over well shit house movies. Um yeah, of and course. then I would rather see this than Jackie Brown. Yeah. I think it's a toss up when we end up grading it, it's going to be between this and Hateful Eight. Yeah. Right around that spot. Okay. Um before we get into that, I did want to mention, uh, well, first off, let's talk about what we've been playing. What have you been playing? Quite a bit. Mm. Too much, but nothing like in depth. Yeah. So you know that I beat, um, I got around to beating Ghost. Yep. So whenever you're in like a big, I don't know, how long do you think you spend in that game? Good. Oh, 70, God. 70, 80 hours at least. Yeah. If not more. Yeah. So I'm right there, probably 78 hours, 80 hours. Once you um, put that kind of time into something, you know, and mm -hmm. then it's over, you get like this weird feeling of like nothing else sounds good. You know what I mean? Like nothing mm -hmm. feels right, nothing sounds good. Just like this feeling of emptiness with video games until the next big thing that everybody else is talking about comes around. So I Battletoads came out on Xbox mm -hmm. um, Gold, our Xbox Game Pass. So I played some Battletoads. It's fun, but it sucks playing that by yourself. Um, last week I did talk. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't talk about this, but I played Madden. Just the franchise mode. So I don't know how long. I don't know if you've played a Madden recently. No. But they've got like a Friday Night Lights story mode, right? Right. Right. So this time it started off with. I'm a, we're in high school and okay. So here I, I didn't give, I gave such a small amount of shit of this game. I didn't do anything with his name and my character's name is John Madden. Um, so he's in high school and he's like a freshman and there's this standout kid. That's the quarterback already. Well, he has like a heart to heart with me, right? And he's like, "Hey, I've got a heart condition, but don't tell anybody." Yada yada yada. I'm not really even supposed to play. A heart to heart about his heart. Yes, and my dude has no heart and fucking tells on him, snitches oh, on him, shit. and then I take his position, and I'm like, "Well, wow. I'm already super not into this, you know." But yeah, the dude has a heart problem, and we totally fucking snitch on him. Wow. Take his position have a couple amazing games, losing state. He comes back because he's all cleared health-wise. But now, since I'm a star quarterback, he has to be my wide receiver. And somehow we're like frenemies 
you know? Yeah. And then um, we go to college, we go to college, the same college together. Then we're duking it out for quarterback spot. It's, it's not a good story at all. Doesn't sound it. At all. Um, let's see. So I played, man, I've been playing a lot of Elder Scrolls, a lot of Elder Scrolls. Um, I've been playing a lot of ESL Elder Scrolls online. I don't really understand what the hell's going on with that at all. There's just the UI is ridiculous, dude. The, there's options for there's too many options for every single possible thing. Like you can build something, you can buy something, and everything that you build or buy, you can also put a different outfit or skin on top of. Oh wow! It's too much. Yeah, but I'm figuring it out, and then I've been playing Skyrim because hopefully you know that's what we're gonna start getting right back into. Yep. Um, uh, that's yeah. it, man. What about you? What have you been playing? Well, that leads into me. So I beat I beat Ghost. I uh, platinumed that bitch. When? Um, when? Was I was it th- yeah, I think it was around Sunday. Was nice. Um. So that was interesting because you know most. It's weird because it's difficult to platinum a game because some of those trophies are difficult to do. Yeah. They're very technical, very technical. And Ghost really wasn't that technical. I have a reason for that, I think. What? Well, for one thing, it doesn't have the deal where you have to go back and, be- and beat it in hard mode or go back and beat right. it in freaking True. legend or whatever mode that they created with the, right. that most recent patch. So there, there's no replay that you have to do. So that makes it nice. But I think just because of the way that we were playing it, wanting to see all the question marks, wanting to go through and do all of the stories mm-hmm. that we did pick most of the things up. Ready. Before it came time to, you know, shit or get off the pot. Right. Right. I do try to, I tend to do that in open world games. So, yeah. I mean, um, so yeah, there was a few that I didn't know I was going to be able to do or, and I thought it might be difficult for me to do. Like I had asked you about one. Uh, there was one where you had to kick somebody off the cliff. Yeah, I, I, I didn't answer you back, but I'll let you go ahead. But I did that one on accident too. Yeah, so I was doing it. For, I was trying to do another trophy in the middle of it. And uh, somebody was just attacking me, and I accidentally killed them before I could do it. And then I had another chance and it's like one of those things where you like lure them up to the cliff and then you just start trying to kick them. And then it just happened. And I was like, great. What, what's your story? Um, so I, I knew that that was a, uh, I knew that that was a trophy that I needed. And I've, mm-hmm. I was thinking like, well, damn, that's probably going to be one of the last ones I do. Yeah. Um, so I just also recently started really using because you get to a point in this game to where it still matters what stances you use, but if you ma- if you master one stance and do a great job with it, you can fight people pretty well as long as you're blocking your parries on point. Right. Um. So I started using the uh, spear um, stance yeah. a lot, and with that one you hold mm-hmm. Y and then our triangle, you hold triangle and you let it go, and it kicks the shit out of them. But what's cool is yeah. when you kick the shit out of them, if you run back up on them, it's just one hit, one kill. You just stab them when they're on the ground. Yeah. And that's why I like using it because it just it kills enemies fast. So I'm fighting this big group of people. I, I fucked up the um, the standoff, right? And 
and I've got like five or six guys. I'm fighting them, and our fight goes over to like where like a bridge area is, and then I just kick the shit out of one, and he goes flying off, and bling, there it pops up on the screen. I was like, nice. Uh, one thing that, that's funny. One thing that pissed me off, though, is that um, I thought I was done with all the side quests. So I finished the side quest, and I don't get the trophy. So now I have to cross-reference every side yeah. quest with the ones that I've uh, already beaten. So I, that was a pain in the ass to do. So then I found, I found the one, and I beat it thinking that was going to be it. Nope, there was another one. So I had oh. to cross-reference everything again. So I was missing two, two side quests, which I thought was weird that I was uh, missing them. But then when I finally did it, that was it. See, so I didn't have to cross-reference any of those. I had all those opened up and just ran through them on my list. But I did have to go through, because you had to get 20 records, right? Right. And you got that just through playing the game, probably like early yeah. in the second act. I mean, you had that one early. Yeah. I only had like nine of them, or maybe 10. Because, dude, those things are in dark areas. They're not that easy to see. They're always in a dark area. They're small. You know, like your supplies and your iron and all the yeah. linen and freak fucking everything that you get is like a big icon. But the record's really small. Um, so I had to go through that list and pick off the ones that I didn't have and the ones that I did. And that list was a bitch because I picked up a few in Act 1, a few in Act 2, a few in Act mm -hmm. 3. So my shit was all over the place. Well, I had on the um, that outfit that you know helped that vibrated the uh, controller yeah. every time you were near it. Mm -hmm. And records records always seem to be in you know Mongol camps. Yeah. So I always just like looked out for them whenever I cleared out a Mongol camp, and that's pretty much how I got them. So when the outfit, I, I started helping me out the most. So like when you have and like if you're inside of a house or like around a one of those fucking yurkas or jerkas or whatever they're called, the huts. Mm -hmm. It will ring intermittently, like when you're close to the right house, but when you're right. inside of the right house, it, it vibrates the entire time. Mm. Right. So it's hard to tell, differentiate between. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I finished that, and then I finished Modern Warfare 2. Oh, you did finish that. Yeah, I finished nice. it. Because I had, I had to finish it before the month was over. So I finished it like a day or two ago. Um, yeah, that's uh, – I forgot how emotional that storyline was. You know? it's, it's one of the craziest things when you're in America and you see a different um, country invading America. Yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. fucking weird because they do a really, really good weird. job of recreating like – suburban america you know yeah well even just like going through washington dc and having it having most of it blown up and destroyed is kind of like uh yeah it's weird to see it's like and uncomfortable we've, we've seen that a lot since then but when that game came out we, we hadn't seen that before well i mean the, the game is isn't the game i can't remember who but the game reminded me a lot of uh, what's it called? Um, the Patrick Swayze movie. Um, oh yeah, 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 definitely. Because the fucking Wolverine. That, yeah, that idea of the Russians parachuting mm -hmm. 
over the the American skyline is obviously from the movie. Red yeah, something. Just going, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. But just going through suburbia, yeah, it's, and then hearing all the Russians and stuff and going through basically like uh, um, what's a fast food mile, you know, with yeah. all the different fast food joints. But it was fun. It was a lot. It's just it's frustrating because you do die a lot. Fucking died a Those lot. grenades, dude. Yeah, Fucking the grenades. grenades. Really annoying. Um, but it was still a lot of fun. But I had to finish that shit before the end of the month. Then I tried Fall Guys one last time and fucking hated it. I deleted it from the PlayStation. <laughs> you deleted it? Yeah. It's only like four gigs, man. I don't, I don't want to see it. It doesn't take any space. Okay, done. Um, then I started playing Skyrim. So okay. here's the thing. This is what I wanted to tell you and tell the, uh, the fine people watching and listening to this. So I like streaming or twitching as the kids call it. I don't think anyone calls it that. But um, yeah. the problem with switch with uh, live streaming is for me personally, I don't always find a good time to do it. Yeah. It's just my, my setup isn't made for that. Um, it just is never works out when, you know, a good time to do it. So what I thought was I record like a full one hour clip of me playing the game right and then i add audio to it and then i post that on our youtube page or group youtube uh page yeah uh so what what do you think of that i think that would work the same you probably get better yeah. editing yeah better editing definitely better editing i mean it's probably not going to be an hour it'd probably be a little less than an hour uh which would make it because in skyrim you're doing a lot of walking yes you know or running and, and a, a lot's not happening so unless you have good commentary while you're walking, you might as well just cut that shit out. So it's definitely going to be less than an hour, and hopefully it's funny. Uh, it's probably more corny. Probably going to be more corny than funny. But, um, I, yeah, so I played that last night. I recorded it. I'll probably add – and then just probably do that. Just Would you play about add, an hour like, Yeah, about an hour. Okay. I mean, I'll probably play, like, maybe an hour back-to-back. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily am just going to play. I'm not going to necessarily just always play an hour. Like, yeah. I'll probably play more than an hour, record it all, and just but put it out. record it at an hour. Right. And probably just put it out interval. as an hour. Right. So, uh, I thought that was interesting. And I'm really just going to try to do the main story. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, it's not going to ventured off. Me. I've ventured off enough I've, I've ventured off yeah. course enough to where i'm like man it's gonna take real long if i keep doing and it. i've never I, I i've never beat the main storyline yeah the end's cool the last the dragon he's awesome anduin of all the hours Alduin, yeah. anduin yeah so that should be interesting so look out for that at least I'm, i thought about doing that um but yeah that was it that's uh, okay. all i've been playing you actually played quite a bit yeah yeah um but i i just want to say i do agree with you that after you play a big world, it's a, it's a open weird, world game. A weird you just don't give a shit feeling kind of comes over you. It's like taking a big dump. Like yep. you're just really out of oh, it. Oh, man, what exhausted. next? Yeah, what next? And usually I don't play another open world game after that. Because yeah. it's like I just did this. I don't want to do it again. I but think Skyrim, Skyrim doesn't matter because we've done it so much. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've done it. It's like a fucking Mario to us basically yeah now. yeah i'm and i'm gonna take i'm taking it in a different approach 
Yeah. You know, playing it straight, haven't played it straight in a long time. <laughs> no venturing. That's so. that's where I really have to like don't venture off track anymore. Yeah. Like stay I'll, on the beach. I'll just path. if I'm yeah. If I'm near an undiscovered location, like I'll go and discover it. Yeah. But otherwise I'll just go straight to the yeah, dude, the line. next open world game that we have is the one that people have been talking about for fucking years. What? Cyberpunk. Oh. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for that. Um, all right. So then we're talking about our last Quentin Tarantino movie, the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This came out in 2019. So this is still pretty recent. Pretty recent. It's 161 minutes long. Damn. Just, so, just under three hours, bro. Yeah. Just under. Yeah. And it felt like it. It did. It did feel like it. So this is his paying homage to... 1960s Hollywood. Um, even even the name itself, the title of it itself is like paying homage to other because there are other movies with that title. Uh, Once upon a time in dot 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 whatever it would be. Uh, there's a western. There's like I think there's Japanese movies. Well, or they're on movies. the set of Green Hornet. Yeah. No, but I mean with that title. Okay. You no, know, there's there's Once Upon a Time in in the West. There's yep. once upon a time in America. There's once upon a time in the, you know, uh, proctologist's office, whatever it is. So it's like there's so many other titles, you know, movies with that title, and that's just okay. him, again him paying homage to all those other movies. So it's 1969 Hollywood, and like I said, this pays a lot of homage to 60s Hollywood, and we get a lot of it. Yes. Too much. The entire time. Yeah, the entire time. Because once again. Uh, Tarantino doesn't know how to edit. There's a few times where I'm watching this and I'm like, I was, I'm thinking of you like, Jesus, dude, come on. Why do we need all yeah. this? Yeah, really. Uh, and then we'll definitely get to it. 69 uh, Hollywood and Leonardo DiCaprio plays Rick Dalton, which is a great name it is. for a 60s actor. He had been a star of a 50s Western TV show called Bounty Law, where he played like a bounty hunter. Which sounds... Um, like an old show that you know yeah. your dad would watch you know and and you know what's really funny you should say that is watching this movie reminded me of my father yeah me too because my father my father grew up watching bonanza you know, yeah he loved uh western tv shows and he loved like david crockett yeah he did like david crockett so you know uh that again that's what this is basically referencing and that's what it reminded me of like i thought he would have liked this movie because there was just a lot of uh references to that so dalton's kind of a has been already at this yep. point uh because he had a successful tv show he had made a couple of movies uh but recently he's just kind of become the uh guest star on other tv shows yeah they call him the um, heavy yeah, because he's playing a villain. Yep. Um, and, they, you know, they touch up on this where, like, that's when you start to realize your career is fading is when you go from headliner or top billing to guest star and playing a villain, villain of the week. So he meets casting, casting agent Marvin Schwartz, who's played by uh, Al Pacino. And yep. Al Pacino seems like he's a fan of Dalton. Yep. And says, like, Oh, I watched your movies recently. And they show a couple of clips of his movies, which was great. That was a lot of fun. Uh, he does that one war movie 
with the with the eye patch. The eye patch with, and his flamethrower. What is it that he says? Did somebody order a extra fried rice or something like that? Or extra fried sauerkraut. <laughs> fried sauerkraut, that's it. Because yeah, it was, so, it was Germans. Fried sauerkraut. He starts, yeah. He starts uh he starts torturing up uh, you know, what's it called? He starts putting all these Germans on these Nazis on fire. Now here's my theory. Okay. So this is another movie, another Tarantino movie where he's going to change history. Okay. Uh, and that is with the Charles Manson murders. And so he's referencing inglorious bastards with this movie. Right. Yes. When he's killing Nazis is, I think, I think even in the movie, he might kill Hitler if memory serves. So, um, He's referencing the Glorious Bastards, all right? Now, we've established before that some of these movies share a universe, okay? And other movies are movies within that universe, right? So characters yep. from Pulp Fiction would go see Kill Bill in a movie. Yep. Yep. Now, what if this uh, universe it's is both. shared with the universe in Glorious Bastards? Huh. And in this universe, Hitler died by the by american soldiers you know murdered by american soldiers uh so the inglorious bastards is actually what really happened and in the same universe the manson murders not happening is what do i make sense like this is its own universe because for him to reference inglorious bastards in a movie makes it sound like that's actually what happened in their near universe um so that's my theory what do you think of that i like it so you're saying but in this one manson did pull off all of his murders no in this one he doesn't does not okay so this is this is the same universe as the events that happened in glorious bastards which makes sense because this would be an alternate universe where hitler did die in the middle of the war and manson uh didn't set off the murders that killed Sharon Tate. Does that make sense? I was, I, I will get to it when we get there, but I still feel like I'm under the impression that, and that does make sense. It does. But I'm still under the impression that when he goes up to their house at the end of the movie, that the murders are still going to happen. Oh, okay. All right. All right. But like you said, we will get to it. So Dalton's talking to Schwartz, Played by Pacino. Pacino says, why don't you go to Italy and make spaghetti westerns? But Dalton feels uh, essentially that those movies are beneath him. And uh, it's not what? I don't understand this at all. Um, because spaghetti westerns are great. Yeah. They're great. No, and he is, nobody no. likes them. They're shit and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, you need to go do that. Like, yeah. has anybody told you about Clint Eastwood? Right. That, yeah. The only thing I could think of is why he's so uh, above it is he kind of explains that the way they make the movies are not, you know, because filmmaking is a craft, right? Yep. And so he feels that, that the way they make movies is not a craft. And that's why it's like he trained to be an actor and that's not what acting is. He also but, goes through a little spiel where he talks about to be an actor, you especially in Hollywood, you need to live in Hollywood. You need to be Hollywood, you know, right. like he's Hollywood is a part of him. Right. But again, that's, I mean, this is the end of a decade and essentially the end of an era with that kind of thinking, you know, cause everything in, in the sixties, 
all Hollywood movies were made in Hollywood. If yes. you were supposed to be in Italy, it was a backdrop. It wasn't really Italy. It's not like it is now. I mean, even like now, uh, productions go to Vancouver and pretend mm-hmm. that Vancouver is Hollywood. Like they don't, you know, they, that's not what used to happen. So yeah, you're right. The mindset, this is the end of that. Uh, so his best friend is Cliff Booth, uh, Booth played by Brad Pitt, who is a uh, stunt double, uh, an aging stunt double. And he also does a lot of handiwork for, uh, uh, for Rick, kind of, kind of demeaning. He's, he's kind of shitty at it. Cliff, yeah. Like when he's doing the antenna, like he's uh, just yeah. daydreaming and shit. It's like, dude, get back to yeah. work. He's just up there drinking <laughs> beers and smoking cigarettes and daydreaming. Yeah. It's like you're not getting well, paid for this. Get back to work. Their, their relationship is weird because they are best friends, but he's also he's oh yeah, like, he clearly works for him. Handyman. Yeah. He's his handyman, an occasional stunt stunt double. Well, I mean, we find out that Cliff Booth is pretty much um, blacklisted for the yes. most part in Hollywood productions, but also the fact that Rick is not the name he used to be. So he can't really get Cliff the, the jobs he used to be able to get him. You know, if, if, uh, if Rick is going to be a guest star on a TV show, he's not going to be able to get Cliff his own like part or you know stunts because there's you know he's not the name he was uh we later find out that cliff is living in a trailer with his pit bull brandy which is just so sad like the, all that yeah but doesn't it just so seem sad. like he just doesn't give a shit like he just really doesn't yeah it does seem like he doesn't give a shit but i didn't know you know first time watching this i didn't know where it was gonna go yeah. so i thought that it was gonna get to a point where cliff was tired of his life Mm-mm. and tired of being, you know, so pathetic. And he was going to like tell Rick off, but he never does. He no. never tells Rick off. Um, what else? So he, he even drives Rick around because Rick, ha- uh, Rick had his driver's license suspended due Which to was his a cool DUI arrest. moment. Because, okay, here's something that I like that Tarantino started doing probably about three or four movies ago is having – other actors um narrate other than himself yeah so kurt russell's who's narrating this right and uh i don't know he's just he's funny because he says oh this is this is booth or whatever and um he's he's driving me around because my shop's in the or my car's in the shop and then kurt russell goes well that's a bunch of bullshit well (laughs) here's the real story (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah, I do remember that. That was funny. Uh, um, so, yeah, one of the reasons why Rick is, is kind of fading is because of his alcohol problem. Yeah. Um, so, oh, they also, so we get, I don't know when this happens, but we get a little bit of an insight on Cliff that one of the reasons why he's blacklisted is because people think he murdered his wife. It was on the uh, Green Hornet set. Right. And this was this was him of daydreaming, it. taking a fucking break while he was supposed to be putting up um, Rick's antenna. Right. Yeah. Why he thinks of for somebody who doesn't give a shit? Why is he dwelling on that? Well, he just. But at the end of it, he laughs and shakes his head like, "Eh, he kind of has a point." Uh, before we get to that, right before we get to that, so he is on the roof fixing the antenna. 
and he sees Rick's next door neighbors who are of course Roman Polanski and his uh, wife Sharon Tate uh, and then he watches them and then yeah he starts to daydream about when Rick was working on uh, the Green Hornet and Cliff gets into a, spar- a sparring match with none other than Bruce Lee. You remember when oh, this no, was controversial? You- yes. I was just going to bring it up. It was controversial. What did you think of this? I've always thought about this when it comes to little um, martial artists. And I, I, I've always have thought of that until just recently, kind of the, not just recently, but I'd say within the last 10 years where the UFC's really blown up. Yeah. And man, some of these guys, they're probably 135, 140 pounds. And if you met them at a bar and talked shit to them, I bet they'd still pummel you. Like, I bet they sure, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they'd still wipe your ass all over the fucking bar. Um, yeah. But what Rick says but, does make sense, you know? Like, what is fucking, it that he said? Well, he was laughing. He said, he was like, you're just a little guy. Like, I don't care how good you are you saying are you an amount to like a shit stain to Cassius Clay you know because it's fucking Muhammad Ali like he's a massive man who's also a warrior you know what I mean he also is the best at what he does right but um so yeah you're you're saying that uh, Bruce Lee did does say that he can um beat up Muhammad Ali or Tasha's Clay, I think he was. Yeah, they were calling him Tasha's Clay. Tasha's Clay. So, um, but Tarantino's insinuating that Bruce Lee actually did have this conversation with people. And, well, not just this conversation, but apparently there was like a driver or some stuntman that this is, like they gave a real name and everything of a person that this, it's said to believe that this did happen. Right. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I still thought it was a little bit of a shit on Bruce Lee's... Uh, yeah. you know, well, so did his family. His... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, so he, they get into a fight, and of course, Cliff beats the shit out of him. And he gets into a lot of trouble because he just beat up the star of the show <laughs> that they were on. And so he ends up getting fired. And that's another thing is, I don't think Lee... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but at that point, Lee doesn't say – he doesn't step in, right? No. And say, like, hey, I'm the one no, who No, he just wants this. to make it a point that he didn't get beat up. Right. Like, because Zoe Bell comes out, so, and she's like, you beat up our fucking lead. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like, hold on. Nobody beat Bruce up. Just so we're all clear. Um, Nobody beat up Bruce. So you had mentioned uh, – Kurt Russell. So Kurt Russell's in the scene and he plays like the lead, what, like the head of the stunt department, I guess. Maybe the stunt department, some, some type of production. So is he related to Stuntman Mike from Oh, he'd uh, have Death to be, Club? right? Yeah. I, I tried to look this up and I think someone somewhere said that it might have been his father. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I don't know that the, the Kurt Russell's pretty old in Death Proof, so I don't know if the timing really matches. But yeah, because what is it? Death Death Proof's what, like 2000s, we could say? Yeah. 2007, 2008. Yeah, like seven. That. I would have said seven. Um, so now you've got 70, 37 years. I'd say he was in his 40s, so maybe they had a 10-year-old kid at home. Yeah. Right. 
So it's it's possible. And it would have been it's him possible. and Billy Bell, two fucking stunt people. Yeah, yeah. Two people in Death Proof, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, where do we go from there? So that kind of establishes how the both of them are kind of, you know, uh, oust, ousted or kind of just, like, forgotten or has-beens. Uh, they're, both, they're both damaged. That's really, I think, the, the best way to describe it. Um, we kind of see Sharon Tate at one Man, point. Man, she's smoking hot in this movie, isn't she? Margot yeah. Robbie. Yeah. Because she's um, not, like, slutty. She's, like... No. She's Hollywood glamorous. You know what I mean? Like, she's she's so, so fucking pretty in this movie. Uh, but we follow her. She stops at a movie theater because they're showing the movie that Sharon Tate is in. And she goes in and tells them that she's Sharon Tate. She's in this movie. She wants to see the movie. They let her in for free. She watches it. With her dirty ass fucking feet. Yeah. She watches it gleefully. But what is the point of any of this? Like, does know. any of this really matter? Know. He wanted to put it, feet in his fucking movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he, he couldn't do it in Hateful Eight, so he had to do it in this one. Like, more than once. Doesn't he do it? He does it more than once in this movie. Well, yeah, the girl that keeps trying to get with uh, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt puts her feet up in the, the car yeah. everywhere. I yeah, think. she does. Uh, so we watched Sharon Tate watch the movie she's in. And by the way, they I'm, again, correct me if I'm wrong, they show the actual yeah, movie. Yep, yep, yep. And they, uh, they, the picked, they the picked a good clips of Sharon Tate because, like, she's wearing – like a handkerchief or not a handkerchief but a scarf and she's got great big sunglasses on so you can't really be like well that's not fucking margot robbie mm. you know right um but again uh, i mean showing her living next door to rick is one thing but then we follow her for like a really short amount of time i don't know if it was really needed that was really needed uh, so Rick is casted to play the villain in a pilot of a Western TV show called Lancer. And dur- on the set, <laughs> I love his outfit, his getup, the big long mustache. and It looks pretty good. You know, he's like, yeah, he's made to look like a typical like Western villain. So he strikes up a conversation with his co-star who's eight years old. And like this, this is like a real actress, you know, like she's mm-hmm. eight, but she's smart. And I think that Rick has this uh, misconception that just because she's a kid, she's going to be, you know, a kid. And she ends up being smarter than he is. <laughs> so um, during filming of the episode, he struggles to remember his lines. And then he goes into his uh, trailer and he just freaks out. Yeah, I like this scene actually I do too. B- because it shows a real frustration well, yeah, really? it makes him it makes him extremely relatable. Yeah, very relatable. Um, you know, because I think as him being an actor, he's expected to be a certain way. Which he, and, we've seen him in this movie practicing his lines. He was right. and he's he was in his pool, he had his recorder on him and he was going right. through lines. And he's expect he has this large expectation and he shows that he is the flawed normal person and he can't live up to that expectation or he's um you know nervous or you know not ready to live up to that expectation and then he freaks out and he has every right to be angry at himself 
you know, because it makes him look like he's not prepared, makes him look unprofessional, and uh, he's not ready for that expectation. But he ends up um, – At this uh, point of the movie, yeah. like, he has such a hard fucking time with himself just now for fucking yeah. up those lines. I mean, he tells him yeah. he's, he, 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 um, he threatens himself of blowing his brains out. He's like, I'll fucking blow your yeah. brains all over the wall. but after this movie his acting and his or after this after this point of the movie his acting and his career goes up you know what i mean like everything yeah because he yeah he does he's like 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 in this scene he makes a stand that he's done fucking up right and so he ends up uh delivering a strong performance and then it impresses his eight-year-old co-star and impresses his director. And it helps him with his uh, confidence. Um, there's a lot of other, you know, 60s or 60s actors that are mentioned. I don't know, did I gloss over the, like, um, the whole well, thing with Sharon Tate? What? When, you, when we were at Brad Pitt's uh, horrible, horrible trailer. Yeah. Um, Horrible. That was a that was just gross inside, wasn't it? Yeah. What is it? it reminded me of Bud. Gross fucking trailers. Yeah, it reminded me of Bud. Like he puts putting cigarettes out and beans and shit and that yeah. dog food. Like I don't know how he has such a fucking healthy ass dog with what, what he was feeding it. Yeah. But um, Manix Manix was on TV. Yeah, Manix was on TV, and that was the connection to Hateful Eight. Um, because uh. There's a whole thing described about Sharon Tate and how Sharon Tate is with uh, Roman Polanski. And it's kind of, I, I don't know, maybe it was just my interpretation, but it was a little insinuated that Sharon Tate was only with Roman Polanski because he was Roman an up and coming or big, oh, Roman Polanski, uh, because he was a big uh, director. Yeah. Um, because Steve, Steve McQueen is mentioned. And how Steve McQueen's is like. How do you like uh, the actor that pulled him off? Yeah. I wasn't I feeling the he, connection. No. When I heard, because he was from, he's from, uh, what's it, Homeland? Yeah. And he's been in a few uh, things. And he's British in real life. So okay. when I saw he was the one playing Steve McQueen, I was like, really? Like, I just don't, you know, yeah. not, I mean, not to use the, the word the kids uh, use, but, you know, Steve McQueen had swagger. Yes. And this guy does not really portray that swagger. But yeah, I mean, uh, Stephen Queen goes on and on. He basically says like how he can't believe Sharon Tate got with uh, Polanski. And, the, you know, again, it's insinuated that it's because it would have helped her career. Um, but I don't know if that's true. Probably was true. But I don't know. Uh, because one of her friends is uh, Jay Sebring. Yeah, who Emil dated Hirsch. her? Yeah, who dated her? And now he's just like a hanger on mm-hmm. because obviously he can't like not get her out of his life. And that just seemed kind of pathetic. I mean, it wasn't mentioned in the movie, just this is my personal thing. Like, I no, thought it that was, was insinuated. Little... Yeah, now they're all it... now they're all three best friends. He was yeah. engaged to her. She went to England and did a movie with him, and she came back married to him. But the yeah. three of them are best friends and they're inseparable now yeah and it's just like dude just get on with your own life like she doesn't want you you know she doesn't uh, it just was weird and again like 
the way you just described it, it insinuated that she's with Lancy because it can help her career. Um, so anyway, where the fuck am I? Uh, yeah, so, Playboy. The the Playboy scene was cool because you had um, you had Steve McQueen, you had Mama Cass was there. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things that I I do like this movie quite a bit to where in the beginning of Tarantino's career he missed and he was a little cheesy at points like in um, Pulp Fiction where he was trying to blend you know the early 90s with like 50s and 60s diner um, motif yeah that was weird Um, but it works but like the soundtracks too, like the soundtracks that he did in Pulp Fiction. There's a couple awesome songs that was that 50s kind of crooner music. There was Jackie Brown to where it was an amazing fucking soundtrack up until one point of the movie. Then it just stopped completely. It was all this golden age of like black music, like Goldies. Yeah. And it was fantastic. And then it just stops and there's nothing for the rest of the movie halfway through. But yeah. in this one the um the atmosphere and um the decor is just spot fucking on like the cars look amazing the clothing yeah. spot on the the way that you know the strip and everything is done is it just looks like it, it looks like um hollywood like hollywood would look in the 60s yeah there um, are yeah the, i got i just got to say the soundtrack yeah. the soundtrack is great yeah, the I was just gonna say that there are a few movies that have tried to replicate that era. Uh, we talked about the Nice Guys, yep. uh, in a bunch of episodes ago, like that. But I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does the best job. Oh, yeah. of bringing you back to that uh, that era. Uh, well, so we're gonna get to it then. While Rick is doing the TV show. Um, Cliff is driving his car because he's his, he's his handyman, he's his uh, chauffeur, he's everything. While he's driving, he picks up a female hitchcocker named Pussycat, who he had seen before a couple in times. other instances a few times. Now, this is where two things happen, in my opinion. One, we really delve into the 60s uh, you know, universe, like what you just said. But also at the same time, this is where Tarantino could have edited because yep. there are a lot of scenes where, where Cliff is literally just driving around Hollywood, listening to the radio and on. And on. I mean, it goes on and well, on. Well, we did that for a couple on. of times. We did that the first time that Rick leaves or that Cliff leaves Rick at his house and he's driving around to his trailer. To his place. Yeah. We do that. We do the whole fucking, he's on the interstate cruising and listening to good music. And now we're doing it again. Yeah. And, you know, again, like, this is Tarantino. He really wants you to be immersed into this world, which is great. But, again, he did it more than once. And he plays not only music, he plays old commercials, which I would bet anything, these are the actual original commercials oh, yeah. that he found and he, he put them in. But, again, we don't need, you know, it, it kind of, you know what it reminded me of? Uh, Grand Theft Auto. Just like driving around the yep. city for no reason, just driving for no reason, just driving around and listening to uh, the commercials and the music, and like Grand Theft Auto Three, 
And uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City were like some of my favorite parody commercials yeah. that I would literally just sit in the car just to re-listen to these parody commercials. I would listen to like the talk radio stations. Yeah, talk radio. Let's listen to that, their bullshit made up world. I thought it was hilarious. But the 80s was hilarious because they emulated old 80s movies and TV mm-hmm. shows in the cartoons. And I mean, to this day, I will go find them and listen to them. But that's what it reminded me of. Just driving around, you know, dicking around, just listening to the radio. So, so is he finally, at the complex now? Huh? Now he's at the complex? Yeah. So he picks up the, the hitchhiker. She brings him. She says, drop me off at this ranch. What he once worked on, he used to work on this ranch. That's where they used to film uh, Bounty Law. He knew the guy. He knows the guy who owns the ranch. And, of course, he notices that a lot of young kids or hippies are living there, which, of course, it's the Manson family. Um, this was a very long scene. Too, too. long. This is what I was going to add this about your editing, about your, your struggles with Tarantino's lack of editing. Yeah. Once, once he finds Dern and he knows who he is and he knows that he's getting taken advantage of and they tell him to leave and he says, I'm not going anywhere, then it becomes this. Hey, go get this person. And then we watch him go get this person. And then the people are talking to this person and said, hey, well, there's a guy over here. So then we see the guy go over there and talk to this person. Like it's, it's so like, like in a video game, this is fucking fetch questy. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, hey, tell this person this over there. Then this person goes, tell this person this over there. Then like, and we, we follow it every fucking step of the way. Yeah. Yeah, and we see a lot of these hippies. And mind you, you know, these are most of these hippies of these people are real people. These are all real people in history. And you see like his relationship with this hitchhiker he picked up who wants to fuck him. Uh, their relationship to just deteriorates very like before right your eyes. Because at the end of this, it's like they all hate him now, you know. Cause, so, yeah, he talks to Dern. Dern doesn't really know what the fuck he's talking no. about. And he's he doesn't fucking care. Yeah, and he doesn't care. So he finally leaves. Uh, Pitt goes to leave. And then he discovers that one of them punched a, uh, his tire, you know, poked his tire. And then he goes and forces the guy to change his After tire. After he, he fucking throat punches him. him. <laughs> he beats the shit out of him. And then makes him and change his tire. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they go to get... Tex, because we see Tex, who again was a real person, and he was one of the murderers, and he's like, they own this. Well, they're they're squatting in this ranch, and they're what are they doing? They're uh, getting people. They're, they're doing like, uh, like canyon tours. Yeah, canyon tours, and they're just taking this old man's money, basically. And so they get Tex. They had already gotten Tex to to look at Pit. And, you know, we realized that Pitt wasn't a threat. But then all this other shit happened. And then it's like, oh, go get Tex again. And Tex has to ride back. We don't need to see any of this. No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but, yeah. But hey, by go that get point, him. All right. Now yeah. he can leave. But go get now him again. Get him. Yeah. And there are a lot of people. There are a few people who play the uh, hippies. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, um, what's it called? Uh, Dakota Fanning. And... Uh, uh i'm losing it here uh lena dunham and kevin smith's daughter who decided to be an actress but uh yeah so then finally text comes but that point pit goes away i wanted to say this there are you know 
adding to the point that there are a lot of people. So there are a lot of cameos. I watched this movie like a few months ago and you had said you had too, but you yep. recently watched it, rewatched it. The problem with this movie is there are so many people in it, but none of them, almost none of them have any significance in the movie. And they never come back. And they never come back. Like reading the list of people, like Luke Perry's in this movie. I don't, I don't, I don't even remember. recognize him at all. I, I, I don't even remember. I saw that opening credits and I was like, who the fuck is he? Yeah. But it's, the point is, it's like, they're, their roles are not memorable. Al Pacino. Al Pacino, barely, yeah. Um, fucking no, I Michael mean, Madsen's after that, you don't this. see him again. Yeah, and that's just no. one time. He's playing Buck. He's playing a fucking, well, actually, he's playing like all of his people, isn't he, basically? Yeah. He, he's, some, he's a sheriff. Fucking Joe Gage looking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't really have much of a range. Let's let's be honest. You know, <laughs> he he plays like uh, you know um, tough as nails bad guy or tough as nails good guy. Maybe like, he's it's a the soft too. I don't know. Yeah, with the soft side. Uh, yeah, right. So anyway, yeah. So we so that happens, and then um, well, Al Pacino comes back, I guess, because he books Dalton after seeing that. Uh, you know, another guest performance on another episode. He books him as a lead of a spaghetti western. Well, the one thing I do love about this movie is the mock posters yeah. that they had. Uh, so he cast him in a spaghetti western called Nebraska Jim, which is such a funny name for a movie. Um, but there were a bunch of, I can't find them, there were a bunch of uh, posters of, you know, uh, mock movies that he was in um so yeah so he goes to i mean he fucking abandons uh pit booth basically yep you know i don't know why you couldn't take him with him then but they go for six months uh, he goes six months in italy and just like what you said about sharon tate he comes back with a wife Mm -hmm. you know uh so he films two other movies other westerns and a Euro spy. I looked that up. It was called uh, Operation Dynamite. That's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> so funny. Uh, so he marries an Italian actress. They come back. I guess. I guess. Um, well, and his movie was a success, right? Yeah, yeah. He comes back. He was very successful in Italy, and he's generating a bunch of buzz in America uh, because of it. And uh, he comes back with his new wife. They're still staying in the same house. And I guess Booth was taking care of the house while they were gone. Yep. But then... He comes back he has, and says, you got to go, man. Yeah, I was going to say, he has a new wife. And it's like, you can no longer uh, afford his services. And again, you're like what you said, Booth's attitude is just like, all right, you know, I get, well, whatever. I, you know what? That When you were saying, like, you kind of feel sorry for him. I think I did the first time I watched this movie. And then after that, I've never have with watching this really? time because you well you see his house, you know that he's got a history with he probably did kill his wife. Yeah, um, that was a funny scene where she's just talking. He just got up from snorkeling and she just was talking shit to him. Yeah, yeah, just like completely degrading him, and he's got that fucking harpoon with him. And that that reminded me of Pulp Fiction, of the way that he just like his hand was on the gun, a harpoon gun, and just accidentally goes yep. off. Um, so, 
he's he is just his friend and there's a couple times where he's like look man i don't give a fuck i just like hanging out with you you know like i just like yeah. being you're I, I like fucking driving you around like and he's he's got that attitude with his yeah. with his um employment you know with his partnership yeah. of fucking dicaprio and then like like, yeah the last night that he's there he gets that fucking lsd cigarette from that he's art that he's had this whole time yeah how long has he had that fucking thing in his months six months months? part of the year yeah half a year i mean is that gonna work anymore uh yeah i don't know (laughs) i don't know I was gonna say if it was like shrooms, then yes, but but he's he's even he's even like, hey, look, dude, like we can't afford you anymore, and you kind of creep her out, and he's like, well, uh, can I just hang out tonight and fucking do these drugs here? Yeah, they have like one last <laughs> hurrah. They have like one last party, and they at last hang out. Uh, they go to drink, yeah, and he has that LSD cigarette. I don't, do they both? Uh smoke it i can't remember no. one of them smokes it he's he doesn't just pit smokes it when he's walking his his pit <laughs> yeah so they had gone out and then you know the uh, what's it called tate and her friend her hanger on they go out to dinner they come back to tate's house booth smokes the lsd uh he takes the yeah i thought that too it was like you still have that fucking thing like <laughs> so sorry guys know. we left this out so he bought for like a quarter too it wasn't like 50 yeah. cents or something yeah he bought an lsd dip cigarette from fucking the, um, pussycat the, pussycat yeah from the Who? car ride that long ago yeah which again we never see her again no we never see most of the hippies again. We only this see that. chick that attacks kind of looks like her, but it's not her. Who? Who pays them a visit? Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. So, you know, now this is the night that the Manson family, uh, Tech Sadie and Katie and Flower Child, have decided to go murder everyone in Tate's house, just as. Uh, Rick and Cliff are having their party and as they're coming up so the way it is in fucking Hollywood the way that Hollywood is is weird so the driveway goes up but then it splits into the two houses yeah so like the two houses it's like one driveway goes driveway. through mm-hmm. another person's property yeah yeah which is weird um, so then the car has to then go up so they, they go up, what, like halfway, and then they get out and then start walking yep. towards the, the Tate house. But they're walking in front of Rick's, Rick's house. And he so doesn't they're going to be seeing this. Yeah, he doesn't. Oh, that's right. Doesn't he go into a big um, blowout? Yeah. Doesn't he like start yelling at them about, about fucking hippies? Yeah, he wants that piece of shit fucking car off of his road. Yeah. And then he he says, okay, okay. And then he goes and he moves it. Well, just fucking murder him. You're out there to murder everyone else in the house. There's one more dead Hollywood douche who's not going to like, you know. This this was a recurring theme throughout the movie. Rick does not like hippies. Hippies, yeah. But that's like the the sentiment of most people in the country at this point. Working people. Yeah, 
Yeah, working people. And Manson family are like the worst representation of hippies. Yeah. You know, because everyone sees them as hippies and they 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 were like the opposite of that. Uh, so they arrive outside to, to murder. Dalton hears a noisy muffler. That's what it is. Orders them off the street. Get uh, recognizes piece of shit fucking car. <laughs> so then they decide to kill him too. Uh, after Sadie reasons that Hollywood has taught them to murder. So one of them deserts the group, speeding off away with the car. Uh, they break into Dalton's house. They confront the wife and Booth inside. Booth recognizes them from his visit to the ranch, orders Brandy to attack. So the and pit, she does. Yeah, goes after Tax, or one of them. And uh, together they kill Tax and injure Sadie. Booth is stabbed in the right thigh, passes out after killing Katie. Sadie stumbles outside, alarming Dalton, who's in his pool listening to music on his headphones. Uh, he gets his flamethrower from the fucking Nazi movie. <laughs> which, like, wow. Now, talk about LSD. Would this thing even work? Like, when did he make that movie? Oh, man. Well, we know he's... We know he's surgical with that motherfucker because yeah. he told Pacino that I practiced with the three hours for two weeks. Yeah. And then that was a pretty funny scene because like, he's like asking the stunt coordinator, like, he's like, damn, that's pretty hot. Is there any way to turn this down? <laughs> the stunt coordinator's like, it's a flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's because back in the day, what, the actors would be taught how to do How to everything. do shit. Probably. Yeah. How to do it. They, they, taught them how to ride a, a horse and anytime they were supposed to do something they would teach them uh, and i wonder if that was like a little nod to that and also it doesn't always happen i don't you know, know how i mean how long do, do you think the fuel would last in a i don't know i mean eventually that shit would evaporate that would you know i mean shit, gasoline's only worth a damn for about what fucking yeah year maybe i mean yeah it would it would have to evaporate i mean that thing was like he must have done that movie in the early 60s it'd have to have been at least 10 years oh yeah you know not less but his movie career before the spaghettis were a long time ago yeah yeah a long time ago uh and it's just like that thing is dangerous why are you keeping that around for so long too anyway it's it's funny nowadays when you uh, see props like that for movies they always have like the gas tank or something damaged you know yeah holes yeah. punched into it or, so, or something and like on in, purpose in, mo- in movies they in something a prop that big they'd have multiple ones like one that would work and one that wouldn't work because yeah. they wouldn't want a working this is the only working flamethrower they would build one that wouldn't work so can i also just say that brad yeah. pitt brutally beat on this woman yeah and he acted pretty pretty calm for someone on on acid you know yeah Yeah, Um, he was he he was um his his fight was like well plotted like thought out yeah he smashed her face in with the fucking can of dog food or whatever and yeah yeah he fucked her up (sighs) so he incinerates one of them with his flamethrower uh it is taken away by an ambulance to receive treatment for his injuries. Uh, so, what's the name? The hanger on 
uh, Sebring engages Dalton in conversation outside and Dalton receives an invitation for a drink. Because the whole point of the movie is like Rick feels like he's not important anymore and he's not being remembered. And I mean, that's the whole point of being an actor. It's like you're, you know, you have people a time. have to recognize you, know who yeah. you are. Yeah. It's like people, you know, you have this power and eventually your power dwindles and no one talks about you anymore because that's the powers is are you, are you remembered? Do people know who you are? So it kind of engages that like, oh, wow, you're Rick Dalton. You know, like we know who you are. We like you. We like your work. Why don't you come in and hang out with us? And again, it's his career comes full circle because now he's important again. And that's supposed to be the point of the Italian uh, spaghetti westerns. And now it, it shows that he's, you know, he gets to hang out with him, which he accepts. Isn't, now, it, isn't it ironic, dude, that he's playing, that DiCaprio's playing like this washed up actor at the yeah. end of his career when fucking DiCaprio and Brett, Brad Pitt couldn't be anything other than opposite yeah. of that? Yeah. Like they are yeah, fucking like, thirty years easy in the limelight, both of them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I would say uh, DiCaprio more so because it seems he like whenever DiCaprio is in a movie, yeah, whenever DiCaprio is in a movie now, he's just nominated for a bunch of shit. Yeah. So yeah, um, but now you said at the end of it, I think Lucy Manson. Yeah, I think that they. Are still getting killed. I now think what? that I think that I think that Francesca with Brandy is safe, but I think everybody in the fucking Polanski house, I think they're about to get murdered. But where do we see that? Like, where's the? I don't think we saw Manson. Right? Did we see Manson again? I don't know. I, I don't, don't think, think we so. did. I just. Jay comes down says, hey, man, what the fuck? I heard you guys had somebody, you know, over there trying to kill you. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, this crazy bitch came in. I, I, I hit her with my flamethrower. <laughs> my buddy took out two of them. And I got one with a flamethrower. He's like, it was fucking nuts. Fucking hippies. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, why don't you come up here and have a drink with us? And he's like, oh, wow. You know, my time has arrived. Yeah. Um, but you, I, mean, but I you, still, it just still feels, the aura still feels like he's going up there to meet his doom. Hmm. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't think of it that way, but I could definitely see, see where someone would, would see it that way. So, yeah, that makes sense that Charles Manson would still maybe try to kill them. But, well, all right, so what did you think? So what is your – now, we've watched all these movies. Yep. What is your uh, ranking in all this? All right, I'll just – Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Pulp Fiction. Okay. Kill Bill. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Django. Okay. Ooh, I might go. I'm going to go Django, then Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Django, then Reservoir Dogs. Um, shit. And then just the rest. So, 
We'll do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hateful Eight, um, Jackie Brown, uh, Shit Show Derby. Shit Show Derby. You know, I thought this this is definitely long, but I thought it was still entertaining nonetheless. And it has a it has excellent production value. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely agree with that. And I think that's what keeps you. You know, attack, you know, and keeps you watching. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll go in Glorious Bastards number one, then Kill Bill Volume Two. You're going Kill Bill <clears throat> over Pulp Fiction? Wow, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. You've been on the Pulp Fiction for so long. I know. I know. I know. Then Pulp Fiction, then Kill Bill Volume One, uh, then. Oh, Django. I just put the Kill Bills together. I know. Uh, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah, but I like I like I like how you did that though, because you're right. Pulp Fiction is better than Kill Bill, number yeah. one. Arguably, not as good as Kill Bill two. Two. Um, I mean, you know, like I think that Ellie's fight with uh, Beatrix alone is like one of my favorite scenes of all, you know, uh, Quentin Tarantino movies. Well, so, then Master Pie. What? Everything with. Oh Master yeah, Pi. yeah, yeah. Everything right. with them. Yeah, everything. So, uh, Volume Two, Pulp Fiction, Volume One, Django, uh, Reservoir Dogs, then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Jackie Brown, Hateful Eight. Oh, you like Jackie Brown better than Hateful Eight? That's plop. Yeah, because dude, Hateful Eight is just way too long. It's you boring. Know, it gets so boring at times. It does. You'll say what you will about Jackie Brown. At least it's not three hours long. Yeah. It, I mean, it hits that, you with a couple twists. Yeah. They're not yeah. great I mean, twists, it, but they're twists. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, wasn't that, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like Hateful Eight. Like, Hateful Eight was just so long, and Death Proof is just a bad. big yawn. Yeah. I'd rather sleep. Yeah. You know. Um, but I mean, but yeah. between honestly, between Hateful Eight or Jackie Brown, you could you could tell me, no, this is how it's going to be. It's going to be Jackie Brown. I'd be like, eh, all right, okay. whatever. Yeah, I don't care. Um, so we yeah. one watching, watching a lot of these movies, we have uh, seen a lot of his tropes, right? The yes. Tarantino tropes. Can you think of one trope that you really wish he would just stop doing? Feet. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I really was. <laughs> hey, so you were telling me you had one prediction for a while. that Not a prediction, but um, something that you noticed. A, a trigger. Is that there's a Samuel L. Jackson character in every movie. Uh, just about. Yeah, yeah. And the one that was really true that stood out, and I was like, yeah, you're exactly right, was the stunt girl. I forget her name. In um, uh, the first? show Derby. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. fucking believe it. Who would it have been, do you think, in Hollywood? Was there one? I don't think there was one. No. Um, no. There was nobody Bruce over Lee. the top loud and obnoxious. Maybe Bruce Lee a little bit, but yeah. he was really just Bruce being Lee. Bruce Lee. Yeah, well what they think he was. Yeah. Right. No, I don't I don't think I don't think there was. So that one and who would do you think that character would have been in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, um, oh shit. 
I don't know. I don't know if there was one. But I mean, maybe the... maybe I was thinking that German SS soldier, um, the one that picks her up from the theater, and the one that is oh yeah, in the basement. Maybe yeah. him, but he's not. Yeah, he's he's definitely a strong willed, but I don't know if he's really like over the as as over the top. Because that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing with Jackson's characters in Tarantino movies is they're always over the top, and you said like loud. And obnoxious. Yeah, because I was just watching Death Proof and like she's just like motherfucking this and motherfucking yep. that and, and just her attitude about certain things. I'm like, damn, this is fucking Jules. This is like Jules of Pulp Fiction. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, he gets a voiceover in, in Glorious Bastards. So. Yeah, so maybe he's playing himself in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would have picked the feet also. It's just as obnoxious. It's like, we get it. You like feet. And- like Sharon, T- I don't understand why her feet had to look so fucking dirty. Like it's Margot Robbie, you know? Those are hippies. I don't know. I don't know. Like she fucking uh, walked there barefoot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She walked there barefoot. I I don't. I hate it. He didn't. And that's another thing about this movie where I say the production value is pretty good, and it's not really that bad of a movie. He's not you know, in it. Yeah, yeah, that's a plus. <laughs> He's not yeah, in it. Plus. He's not narrating. He's not acting. He's not in it. Other than Pulp Fiction, that's why, like in Glorious Bastards and the Kill Bill movies, they're they're so far up on top because he's not in them. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, yeah, so that's it. That is it for QT uh, retrospective. I enjoyed it though, all in all. Um, no matter what I say, a good seventy-five percent of his movies are are bangers. You know that they're great, yeah. great movies. Yeah, I mean the, the thing is, is he hasn't made that many. No, so and we could have like took nine. we could have taken this a lot farther if we wanted to just do other movies that he was involved in. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. like we could have done um, True Romance. Yep, we could have done Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Could have done um, From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. But his acting is so bad, man. Yeah. Did you did you ever see Desperado? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. It's a good movie. Um, but he's awful in it. It's a good movie. It's actually it's in one of my in my in not in one of my in my opinion, that's um, Robert Rodriguez's best movie. Oh yeah. And actually, yeah. only really good. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Because I, I don't even care for once, once Upon a Time in Mexico. No. See, there's another Once Upon a Time movie. Yeah. No. Because yeah, that, that movie's not when, even really... When, when Deb gets his fucking eyes shot out, basically, it's like, how the fuck is he such a badass now, you know? Yeah. It's really more about him, uh, more about Deb than than Antonio Banderas. So we're we're definitely going to do, ne- you know, I don't know if setting next week, but the next director we're going for is uh, Michael, oh, what the fuck was his name? Christopher. Christopher Nolan. I don't yeah. know where I was getting Michael from, but and what Christopher are we gonna, Nolan. We'll start with what, the uh, following? Following, yeah. Nice. And, nice. Then, and then we're going to cut out the Dark that Knight means. trilogy. Yep. I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, 
So well, because at some point we're gonna do something Batman, we're gonna do something DC at yeah. some point. And why not yeah. have arguably the three best fucking DC movies in there? Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so that's uh, I think that uh, closes us out. Uh, let's see, what do we have to? Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe and comment. There you go. Uh, what else? We got our Facebook group that I'm sure everyone's a part of. Watch all these gamers. Gamerish Network, um, our our group pod on Thursdays uh, that goes live. Uh, what else? You buy my book. Buy his book. Champ. Uh, Eric Champ. Amazon. What am I missing? Um, our Discord. Gamerish Network. Just Discord. Our merch. Our spreadshirt. Spreadshirt. Yeah. All the links will be on the bottom. Um, but yeah. All right. So then. If you guys, if you guys are, are watching and you guys are listening and you guys want to leave some comments either here, or in Discord or at our email gamerish five three seven at gmail um, give us some ideas of maybe some directors or movies you want us to talk yeah. about. Definitely. All right, but with that said, I am Eric and I have been the Nick and I am always. Michael Burfard Decker. The Hick. See you guys later. Later. Arriva Dirty.